Hey, Cameron. Yeah. A backwards poet writes in verse. What? <laughs> oh, here's another one. I used to be addicted to soap, but I'm clean now. Oh. <laughs> give, me, give me one more. I stayed up all night wondering where the sun went. Then it dawned on me. Wow. Those are some good ones, huh? Yeah. We should do a whole episode about where those puns came from. Let's do it. Welcome back, everyone, to Region Unlocked. My name's Cameron. And my name's Jake. And today we are recording on March 19th and 20th, 2023. And we got a pretty big episode to talk about today. As you know, The Last of Us had a TV adaptation just finished up on HBO. So uh, hopefully we get this out while it's still relevant to discuss this. But I'm guessing we have a lot to say. So, yes, very excited to talk about that today. But first, Jake, what's up? What's going on with you? All kinds of awesome things. First of all, I'm really excited about this episode. And let's be honest, it's always going to be relevant to talk about The Last of Us. I mean, True. the game came out in, what, 2013? And they just made a TV show based on it. So it's it's definitely still hot in everyone's mind and imagination. So I think think that's probably going to be good. I'm pretty good myself over here in Japan uh, this coming week. Um, I'm going to be going back to Chiba because I've been doing kind of like a dispatch job over there in the teaching world. So that's going to be another three-hour train ride tomorrow, which should be just fine if I've got a nice little playlist going and mm-hmm. chill in, in, the, in the train as it uh, zooms past the awesome scenery. But that will be the last time that I will head that far east in a while okay. because I'm going to be coming back to Tokyo to stay a little bit longer, about midweek. So that'll yeah. be my adventure right there. Midweek. I wonder why. Is anything hmm. in particular happening this week? Well, I, you know, not too much. You know, I just, I, I've got maybe a couple of people who might stop by just, yeah. just, just for funsies. We'll see, but I want to be home and make sure everything's looking nice so that that if they do stop by, it'll be okay. Yeah, cool. Well, I can offer them a beverage. (laughs) What kind of beverages? Um, Maybe some tea, some green tea, or some jasmine tea, or some oolong tea. Ooh, Mm. long. Yes, long time since I've had that. Yeah, this week is going to be great because as you are listening, I'm in Japan. Finally, I'm here. But Yay. right now I'm not. I'm sitting in a closet wishing I was in Japan. But hey, future Cameron, hope it's going awesome. And if you didn't really catch the cryptic thing that I was just saying, that that's that's what I was talking about, mm. Cameron coming to Japan. Okay, yeah. I thought it was going to be a little crowded if you had some other people <laughs> coming. Definitely. So, have you been playing any games this week? I have been. I restarted Far Cry 5. Ooh. So, w- yes. what led you back to that? Well, there was recently an update that's uh, basically added 60 frames per second supports. Oh, on yeah, PS5. You, you console plebs. Yeah, I'm, I'm a console pleb for sure. And then I started <laughs> New Dawn a little bit, and I'm like, oh, there is a difference. It was not optimized for New Dawn. It probably mm. won't be. 
but it was yeah, good. Yeah, not to brag, but I was playing Far Cry 5 at like 120 frames like two years ago, so. Hardy har. <laughs> but that game is so great. I'd, I'd love to go back to it as well. It is wonderful, for sure. And, and hey, me being on a console with everything, it's it's wonderful because that means that anything higher than what I'm used to is magic. And I'm never, <laughs> and, and, and my wondrous, you know, sense of amazement is is never too far away. Uh, it's yeah. not like I'm always demanding something better. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. Cool. So last time we spoke, I know there's been a, a Breath of the Wild in between. Oh, yeah. We told you last week this was going to be a Breath of the Wild episode, but we we broke it up. That's coming next week. So we're all out of order here. But last time Jake and I were chatting, I was talking about Resident Evil 3. And I played that, loved it, and said some incorrect things in it that I didn't realize were incorrect. Uh, Just in how I was saying I didn't want to be so pursued by Nemesis throughout this game. It's actually a very small part of this game. Uh, Surprisingly so, especially when compared to Mr. X in Resident Evil 2. It's really just like three times, I'd say, where he shows up scripted and you have to avoid him. And then from there on, it's just kind of cutscenes and boss fights. Pretty much all of those stalking encounters are just in that opening city street area. And uh, I was surprised by that because I, you know, I just heard so much about how formidable and scary he would be. So what do you think? Experience was great, right? Yeah, it felt longer as i was playing it because i know there had been complaints of it being too short but then when the credits rolled it said it took me five and a half hours i was like oh that didn't seem that like it was that short but uh, (laughs) overall i enjoyed it a lot my biggest disappointment though is that there's no new game plus Mm -hmm. yes you can go back and like get some extra stuff to make it easier but it's like I, i want my upgraded stuff and start the game over again especially because some of the challenges that you need to complete to earn that currency to unlock more stuff would take forever to do so for example one is to rack up like 80 kills 100 kills 150 kills with your magnum you get that magnum for the last level only and you probably only pick up enough ammo for 12 to 16 shots probably so if we can't bring it back on New Game Plus, that would take forever just replaying the game over and over for that one Magnum section. Unless maybe you could go back and just like keep reloading the save. And if that counts towards it, I don't know. But I just thought that was very strange. Yeah, that is. And that's kind of a pattern that Resident Evil games have followed. Like the amount of play times that it's that's required to like get the cool stuff and sometimes the rewards are not even really worth it like maybe it's just me but it almost seems like some of that stuff is geared towards just the hardcore epic fans of resident evil who will not stop playing the game yeah you know like just to say they did like i'm not going to go back and replay for some of that stuff as as cool as it is it's just not worth it you know yeah because at that point you're already flying through the game and in a sitting each time Mm-hmm. And if you're flying through it that fast, what good is the unlockable stuff if you're already <laughs> flying through the game? But yeah. uh, regardless, speaking of that, next week, well, today, Resident Evil 4 Remake is out. And it is the one disappointing thing about being in Japan right now is how badly I want to play this. It is getting <laughs> tens across the board. Like, wow, 
I'm hearing it is just incredible. So I cannot wait to play this. That's awesome. Holy cow. I got to check this out. With that, Jake, speaking of zombies, although we can't call them zombies here, let's move on and talk about some infected in the Last of Us TV show. How does it compare to the game? What are our thoughts? But more importantly, what are the thoughts? Actually, I don't know if I'd say more importantly, but still great to be here is my wife, Lindsay Noonan. Hello. Thanks for having me back. Of course. So Lindsay did not play the game. I did not. I ran out and invented to her after I had finished the last level of the game. And so <laughs> she kind of knew how it ended. But for the most part, the show was all brand new to her. And so she is here to give her impressions as someone who did not play the game. Yeah, I knew how it started and I knew how it ended. I did not know anything about the middle. So that whole storyline was new for me and it was really fun to watch. And agony as well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm really interested to hear like your thoughts about this, you know, because you've got like little connection to the actual video game. So like all I've been seeing is thoughts from people who played the game and they're comparing it to the game. Mm -hmm. But I've not really heard from anyone who's just seen the show. Yeah. So let's just throw this out right now, Jake. What's better, show or game? Hmm. And I can't cop out and say they're both great in their own ways. Um, don't you dare. So, don't, well, okay. So I enjoyed the game more ultimately, probably because mm -hmm. I've had more time to bond with it and I've played it more and I've seen all these more like subtle nuances in the game that I've just grown to enjoy. And then you watch the TV show. It's just, it's just different. I'm not yeah. going to say it's better or worse. It's just different. But personally, I think the game was probably more up my alley in this yes. case, you know. In my console. <laughs> I agree. The The game is better. It's it's the uh, same situation of comparing the book to the movie, I feel like, mm -hmm. where you, you just get so much more out of the game, so much more nuance and uh, mm -hmm. subtlety that the show kind of spells out for you in a way where it's like, oh, I, I guess we don't have to think while we're watching this show because it's just telling you everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's laid out as a TV show. Like, it's made to be a TV show and appeal to, I guess, maybe a broader audience. Mm -hmm. So it does kind of lay out things differently, for sure. Yeah. So how about we just kind of go through all the episodes, uh, talk about what stood out, and then maybe afterwards talk about, like, I just the things we didn't like, or I guess just the differences that stood out to us. Yeah, that sounds absolutely wonderful to me. Let's do it. Let's talk about okay. the game. I mean, TV show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first episode here is called When You're Lost in the Darkness and is the longest episode of the whole show. It is 81 minutes, uh, so about an hour and 20 minutes. And a lot happened here. It kind of follows the whole day of Sarah, where we didn't see that in the game. And... How about, Lindsay, you, you kick this off. What what'd you think of this episode? Well, I was just hooked right away. Um, and I knew what happened to Sarah because I had watched that part of the game. I'd watched mm -hmm. you play that. So I tried very hard not to get attached to her and completely failed. And the actress that played Sarah was incredible, mm -hmm. just so charismatic. 
Um, but I just really loved seeing how this apocalypse started um, and just seeing it kind of happen in the background from her point of view was so interesting. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, we all were in college in the 2000s. We've seen every zombie movie and show. There was so much back then. So honestly, I've just kind of been bored of that genre. And so this just felt really new and unique. I liked it a lot. Yeah, definitely. It really was. And I think this is something that the the TV show actually did better than the game was get you, you know, bonded with Sarah, like to really make you, you know, care for her because it showed a lot more of her and it made her like much more human, you know, much more of a Mm -hmm. person. Like, and we got to see that side of her and that just, that made it even harder when the thing happens that does happen. So it was a great episode to kick off the entire series for sure. Very Mm -hmm. strong. And yeah, it was different slightly than the game with what happened, but it worked very well. It was ultimately the same plot. And when the inevitable comes, it just, it felt stronger in this episode than in the actual game. Yeah. I think this episode is an incredible start to the show. And one of the best episodes of this whole show, uh, which is kind of disappointing, uh, but I'll, I guess I'll get to that. I I really liked how it started with that interview happening in the 70s or something where they were talking about the potential of, of future sicknesses. And there's clearly a reference to COVID where it's like, oh, with airplanes, like a disease that's in Chicago can be in, in China in, in a day. And yeah, we... We experienced that, so hopefully we don't experience global warming turning cordyceps into an actual <laughs> issue for us. But but if that happens, stay away from the wheat. Yes, don't don't be eating <laughs> biscuits and, and pancakes. <laughs> I was and really proud. Cake. I made the connection of why they didn't get it to them being out of pancake mix at the beginning, and mm-hmm. then I think they mentioned that in episode two. He mentioned pancake mix to Ellie, and I was very pleased that I caught that detail. Yeah, that was good catch. Yeah. Right. And the, the, and, uh, the cookies, like, oh, she didn't eat the cookies because they had raisins yeah. in them. Like, oh, yeah. and Joel forgot the cake. Oh, yep. So that is ultimately why this episode is really good, I feel like, because it really expands on stuff we didn't see in the game. But it, it doesn't seem like, oh, this is just so made up and so different from what the game is like. Oh, this really supplements it very well. Yes, it is great to actually bond with Sarah instead of just seeing her in that 15-minute intro of the game. But then ultimately, I think I struggled with the rest of the show because episodes like, I think the first four episodes or so do a really good job of doing their own thing and fleshing out different areas that we didn't see. While then the rest of the show just feels like a dead sprint to the finish of sticking very, very closely to the game to where I'd kind of lost my investment because like, all right, I know what happens from, from here on out, you know? Yeah, definitely. And mm, it's tough because you only have nine episodes and like, yeah, what they were saying before the show started was you're going to be able to see sides of the characters you never did, which is great and all, but you know, you think what, how, how can that happen? You don't have the time to. In the game, you've got so much time. You can't devote that much time into, you know, nine episodes of Mm -hmm. a TV show. And that's what did feel a little bit rushed at the end. And then there's also the whole issue of, you know, not having as much infected as the game. But I guess we can talk about that here in a bit. It did feel quite like a sprint. That's a good way to put Uh it. 
after yeah, like episode I four. even felt that as well. And I didn't know, you know, what it was missing like you guys did. But yeah, I felt like it easily could have been at least two more episodes and spread everything out. I get why they did it. But each episode just left me wanting more. Like finally, when I got really invested, it was over, which great job, HBO. That definitely helped everyone tune in the next week. But yeah, it was kind of hard to watch with that sometimes. Yeah, it was. But alas, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about the second episode. Yeah, let's move into the second one called Infected. And so this is where Joel and Tess start their journey out with Ellie. And uh, for the most part, actually, no, it does change some stuff in the game where, Mm -hmm. you know, they're kind of being in the game hunted by Fedra throughout this section, which I think the show does a good job of kind of showing that that doesn't really make sense. Like, we don't need a whole army tracking down these three people. (laughs) But here we also see this very kind of disturbing intro, I believe, of uh, this doctor in, was it India or? Uh, Indonesia. Indonesia. And them kind of realizing what this is. And she Mm -hmm. says, bomb the city. Yeah. Yeah, that was chilling. It really was. This makes you realize this is happening all over the world, not just the the USA. So, like, the severity of it, ultimately, and how she kind of gives up hope at the end, like, I want to be with my family. Like, oh, my gosh. Wow, this doctor who knows everything is saying there's no hope. Wow, okay, that's it. (laughs) It was scary. Like, oh, wow, okay, we see the stakes now. And that tells people Mm -hmm. who maybe aren't familiar with the game just what the stakes are. Yeah, and and that's not something we saw in the game. And, again, this was a very good elaboration that I wish we saw more of later. Mm -hmm. But... Here we also see a clicker for pretty much the first and only time. They kind of show up again later, but this is where they get their focus, which fun fact, the clicker is played by the same guy or people who play the clickers in the game. Yeah. Doing the the (laughs) mocap and the the voices. Wow, that's cool. Or the clicking, I should say. It was so well done. That that was a Mm -hmm. creepy, awesome sequence. What do you think of the fact that they changed the spot spores to like the tendrils that come out of their mouths instead i thought it worked just fine but they didn't mention anything about that like later on like that was the only time so it kind of felt irrelevant like okay why um it just (laughs) it didn't feel relevant to the rest of the story like okay you changed this that's great but can we see a little more does that make sense i I thought it definitely made the infected creepier Mm -hmm. with the spores or not the, with the tendrils. And I saw a bunch of whining online. It's like, this doesn't even make sense. Like, fungus use spores. There should be spores. And it's like, okay, calm down. But <laughs> it's like, that doesn't work on TV. That's really visually boring. It's like, oh, let me put on this gas mask and for half the episode as we crouch through yellowish fog. Like, that just doesn't work for TV. That's true. That's a good point. And we already watch a show where Pedro Pascal is wearing a mask, so we yeah. see another one <laughs> or helmet. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Jake doesn't know what you're talking about. Sean what uh, what about what? I don't know you're talking about. <laughs> Mando. Yes. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> Pedro Pascal's second uh, attempt of, you know, being a has been grizzled dad, it, you know, transporting a child. Yeah. Exactly. Same show. Really. Same show. <laughs> Same show. <laughs> But I did like how they ended this with showing how they're all so connected through that network mm-hmm. where just that one who's 
that he shot like puts his hand down to the the vines or or whatever it is and it brings yep, on it's like the horde. Communicating. Yeah. Pretty much. And then the kind of disturbing ending to Tess, which I thought was terrible. Like, oh, they did her so wrong. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was a great, uh, you know, artistic choice, but it just, it just, it hurts. Like, come on. Yeah. It, that the was, death in this one was worse. It was odd. You know, in the game, she just, she just kind of goes out in a blaze of gunfire, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Against Fedra. So, yeah, in the game, Fedra shows up, not the infected. And then the infected decides to shove tendrils down her mouth. And, and yeah, that was, that was a lot. Yeah. I personally wasn't that connected to Tess. Like, I was fine with her. Like, she's a good character. Um, but I was wondering if maybe you got more emotionally connected with her in the game. Because really, there wasn't enough time with her in the show. I was much more concerned hmm. about Joel and Ellie. So when she sacrificed herself, I was like, oh, oh yeah, that's, that's a bummer. Joel's going to be sad. But, yeah, I'd rather her go than the other two. Yeah. yeah what do you think about that? I feel like I became connected to her through the game and that's why I felt a little more hurt. Like when she, you know, didn't make it. So I, I never really thought about that. Like only having seen her in the TV show. Yeah. I, I think I'm kind of the opposite. I liked her more in the show. The show implies that her and Joel are together, which the game Mm -hmm. does not. And there's a bit more emotional weightiness to that because you can really throughout the show kind of pick up on how much, Joel seems to regret that that happened and mm-hmm. uh, is very shell-shocked from it, essentially. And, and the yeah. game is just kind of like, okay, that character's done. Moving on. But ultimately, I think it was a good episode. And Oh, yeah. I really just love seeing the scenery and just the ruined city around them. I thought they did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. That was some really good set work. Exactly. All of this, like, it does look like it's lifted straight from the game. It's actually really impressive. It's like, how do you make a city look abandoned and and overrun? Yeah, right. It's just a a lot of blue screen. A lot of blue screen and a lot of uh, practical effects, too. Like all those, think about all the cars they had to cover with vines and age and just, you know, all the rubble they had to throw throw everywhere. Yeah. Holy cow. Those those set designers did some solid work. Yeah. Or in this case, not very solid because it's all in ruins. (laughs) Some crumbly work. Yes, it was beautiful. (laughs) Some crumbly, some shoddy work. Beautiful and creepy. (laughs) all right the biggest change here is episode three long long time uh starring nick offerman as bill and some other guy named frank sorry i don't know your name (laughs) (laughs) yeah huge huge departure from the game here but a welcome one i think and this was the best change they made personally Mm -hmm. because this episode was so good and it gave a great end to what was such an unsatisfying end for the couple in the game. Yeah. So in the game, we don't even meet Frank. We get a letter that says, basically, screw you. I don't want to live with you anymore. Uh, and then he gets bit and kills himself, essentially. Yeah. It's like, oh, that is a very different story than what we get in the show. Yeah. So I don't know where to start here. Lindsay, you start. Um, As a Parks and Rec fan, just this intro with Nick Offerman's character, Bill, um, just revealing this survival plan he had, um, just hiding from Fedra and just revealing like this vast just plan and and network he had throughout this town. Um, It was amazing. I ate it up. Felt like um, it was definitely homage to Ron Swanson, his character Mm -hmm. in Parks and Rec. That character absolutely would have had a similar setup. So I was just enjoying that. Um, But right away, just so invested and 
just quickly, it was so beautiful and just how much you loved Bill and Frank together and just seeing like Bill come out as, you know, someone as a survivalist, you would normally think that's a pretty conservative, judgy person. It's like, oh, oh my gosh, no, this is going to be a beautiful love story. This is, oh, this is delightful. And in this kind of show, this is only going to hurt me at the end. I know it's going to end in pain, but I just enjoyed it so much before the painful part. Yes, agreed. It was so, it was such a great arc, like a story within a story, seeing that whole thing. Yeah. And I think this is cool because you're right. It's a standalone thing. It's also, it's really just a short film. It's like an hour and 20 minutes. This is a testament to, they could go anywhere with the series. You know, they don't have to stick to the main story and, and same for any future game development. They don't have to stick to Ellie, right? There's wonderful human stories happening everywhere. And honestly, there's, I don't think there's a ton to discuss with this episode other than just they lived their lives and it was a beautiful life. And Mm -hmm. because of that, oh my gosh, at the end, when Frank asks him to let him die, just that thought of if I was in that place, just how terribly painful that would be. I found myself hoping (laughs) it's like, is he gonna, is he gonna kill himself too? As he does this, like, I know we shouldn't encourage that, but uh, like it was very poetic and then that's exactly Mm -hmm. what he did. And I was kind of relieved by that. It's like, yes, let, let them just die together. Their lives are complete. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I felt the same way watching that. I'm like, surely Bill's not just gonna be left alone and knowing he killed Frank, like he can't just live with that. So yeah, as sad as it was with them both dying, I I did want a better ending to just lonely Bill. Yeah. After this, it uh, takes a different kind of turn that I wish several episodes could have been combined together. Yeah. And so I think you're right. These next two could have been kind of combined, especially because so episode four is only 46 minutes. It's the second shortest episode. And then episode Mm. five is 59 minutes. And yeah, I feel like those could have been combined and especially spend more time with Sam and Henry mm-hmm. because I did not get that bond with them that you do in the game. I feel like I've, yeah. I've just, again, it's just things happen too quick. I felt the same way. I feel like they should have been, I guess, presented a little more. Mm-hmm. And this is where elements started to feel a little bit rushed. Yes. And, uh, you know, they get to the Kansas City and there's that whole subplot of there being, you know, another, um, I guess, faction there that have kind of gone Mm -hmm. rogue, I guess. I thought that worked, but it was just way too short. Yeah. Uh, Before I go on, Lindsay. Yeah, I felt the same way. I just was like shocked when episode four ended up like, wait, that's it. That's all we get. I just felt like not that much happened. Um, Really for me, my big takeaway was just you finally see how much Joel wants to protect Ellie. Like it's it's not just about getting her to the destination safely anymore. Like he wants to shelter her from the harsh reality of their world. Doesn't want her to have to shoot people, things like that. So it was some good development between those two, but definitely left me wanting more. Mm -hmm. You bring up a good point of Ellie's development and something I was just reading this week about this fundamental difference between the game and show with Ellie And in this episode, Ellie shoots somebody for the first time that Mm -hmm. we see. 
and yeah. kind of has to deal with watching this guy die as as Joel is choking him out or something I forget. Mm-hmm. And in the game she seems very traumatized by that. Like we know it's not her first run in with shooting someone, but mm-hmm. it definitely seems to wreck her innocence, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. While the show, although I thought she still acted pretty traumatized, uh, apparently the showrunner kind of said the opposite, is that Ellie's more, this Ellie's more kind of like activated by that violence and yeah. is, is more like relishing it than than being traumatized. And we see that mm. at the beginning of episode three, right? She finds that infected pinned under the rocks and she just kind of like observes it kind of creepily, cuts its head and just like looking mm-hmm. at the wound, like it's just a very different vibe, which I didn't notice at first. But now looking back on it, it's like, oh, yeah. So why are they kind of spinning her a little differently here? That kind of runs throughout the whole show. Th- this Ellie and the TV show, we didn't get to see the the clear um, polar opposite sides of her from like fearful and innocent to, you know, tough and hardened. It feels like in this show, we saw mostly a tough and hardened Ellie. We barely got to see any like really... Just like really vulnerable. Vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, I've got different opinions about, but I guess we can talk about that here later. (laughs) All right, then we should probably move a little faster throughout our talk. We'll we'll rush like the rest of the show. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, I think, again, it's like they started this show out with too much gusto and then like ran out of money or something (laughs) because these two episodes focus on yes this other faction and and kathleen who's this Mm -hmm. brand new character and if this was any other show she's really set up in these episodes as like this grand season long villain right Mm -hmm. if this was if this was the walking dead this is who they're killing in the finale Mm -hmm. but it all just kind of plays out really fast to where it, it just seemed pointless. It's like, why'd you introduce all of this for it to have no payoff whatsoever? It ends with that great part of the game where you have to defend Ellie from the, the church tower with your sniper uh-huh. while it's being overrun with zombie, or sorry, I can't say zombie, <laughs> with infected. And we have that great scene of the uh, bloater showing up. Mm-hmm. But then just all the villains just die there. And it's like, again, we didn't need the villains for that. Ironically enough, that's when all the uh, infected die as well, because that's basically the last time in the show that we see the infected in any huge regard. Yeah. Or like yeah, in any right. giant, you know, capacity. So yeah. it kind of changed from there and they get away, but we know what happens. Uh, we, we go back to the two because we lose uh, Sam and Henry. What'd you think of, uh, making Sam deaf. I I thought it was an interesting choice. Um, I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah. I personally, I I thought it like, yeah, it was fine. And maybe that was just to empathize with him even more to make Mm -hmm. his death even more sad. Yeah. But yeah, if you, if you didn't know, that's not in the game. He can, he's Mm -hmm. a talking kid. Yeah. So you hear him a lot in the game. (laughs) So yeah, I thought it was an interesting choice. Like, Oh, okay. I thought the slate idea was cool. Maybe it was to separate him from Ellie a little bit too, instead of having like two chatty, goofy kids. Um, yeah, I don't know, just added a different layer to him being deaf. Maybe that could be. Yeah, and also he's a lot younger in the show. 
Yes. So like, just it's cooler seeing that, uh, or it's it's interesting seeing that uh, you know kind of older sister younger brother vibe that Ellie and Sam have. Mm-hmm. So I liked it. Okay, the next episode called Ken is where mm-hmm. they find uh, Lincoln. Right, that's the town. Uh, oh. The town uh, Jackson, Jackson, and the brothers are, are reunited. Yeah, this one I feel like. Pacing wise, like not a lot happens. This is a, a vulnerability episode for Joel mm-hmm. that we don't see in the games. Mm-hmm. Again, the games are just more subtle where things are implied. But in the show, he just outright says it where he's like, mm-hmm. I'm having these panic attacks. I'm going to get her killed. I'm not the right guy for this. Mm-hmm. And again, he that's not explicitly said in yeah. the game. So thoughts here. I, this is when I became... I- I was already pretty invested in Joel and Ellie, but absolutely. I'm like, wow, he really just cares for her. Um, they have such a connection. Um, so yeah, I was, I was very invested and just completely absorbed by this episode. Um, yeah. Getting to see his brother again and just seeing the differences in their relationship um, from before and after the infected began. Um, I thought that was very interesting. His brother's a lot more just assertive, um, almost more, more dominant the next time he sees them. So yeah, I just like that a lot. And yeah, team Joel and Ellie forever. Love them. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. That's a good, uh, that's an interesting point that he's, I guess, a little more assertive. I, at this point, sadly, I started to compare the game to the show and it did yeah. not meet what I expected. So this episode kind of fell a little bit flat for me. Like, yeah, it was great, but it did not have the same effect as the game, mm-hmm. the reunion, the reunion and like seeing everything. But I did like how they changed up that scene of Ellie running off to just being at the place that they were staying. The the conversation of like, you know, you're the only one who's been there for me. Or Ellie yeah. says something like that to Joel. I thought that worked really well in this show. And the build mm-hmm. up to that was good. And I felt that this time. Uh, I don't know. I didn't buy their disconnect. Like, Mm -hmm. I just, I feel like the show sells their relationship as being close so much sooner than in the game, where I really feel like in the game, Joel sees her or treats her like cargo up until basically he gets impaled. Mm. So, yeah, I just feel like the show from the very beginning, I feel like he sees her as a daughter after, after like two episodes, it's the deal is sealed. You're right. And we don't get to see all those uh, adventures they have in between each episode and how much time they have to bond between that, which was right. hard. <laughs> Just a funny <laughs> note about this episode is before it had come out, Jake and I were talking. It's like, man, they've got so much to do still. There's only like three or four episodes left. And yeah. Jake's like, yeah, they still have to go off and like get the the power plant running. I'm like, Jake, Jake, they're not going to go on a mission to get that plant running. It's already going to be running when they get there. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're moving too fast through this show. Yeah. And, yeah. Oof. Which makes sense. That's, that's just gameplay. Like there's not much to do with that story wise. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad that the show focused on other things. Yeah. However, the next episode I really, really enjoyed. Tell me about it. This is uh, Left Behind. This is the one where we have a flashback with Ellie and her friend Riley. And this mm-hmm. is where we start to see Ellie bond with Joel because he's just been, you know, hurt in a very rushed sequence in the previous episode, it seems like. <laughs> and she needs to save his life. So it's like tables are turning. 
oh my gosh, now we need to see this whole like uh, Ellie protecting Joel thing, which worked very nicely. And we got to see um, a sequence that basically followed the game almost to a T. Uh-huh. Do, do you agree? Like yeah. this, the imagery, the scenery, the mall, just the colors, everything from the game, it felt almost carbon copied to the TV show, this Ellie and Riley sequence. And I loved that. Lindsay, what did you think about it? I loved it. I just loved um, the parallel between her, you know, deciding what she's going to do with Joel and then, yeah, seeing what finally happened between Ellie and Riley. Um, I thought that was so interesting. And, yeah, Jake, I love that you mentioned just her having to finally take care of Joel um, because even with Riley, you can see Riley definitely took care of Ellie when they were at Fedra, like protected her from bullies. Um, It's definitely the leader out of the two. Um, And so seeing two instances where someone was – Ellie's caretaker, um, first Riley, then Joel, and then Ellie finally getting to step up and and take care of Joel in return. I thought that was really cool. Um, and even at the end, you know, kind of seems like she took care of Riley a little bit um, at Riley's end as well. But yeah, it was it was beautiful. I loved everything in the mall, and um, it was just seeing how much Ellie has just lost through this apocalypse too. Just the little things that she never got to enjoy, like that's her first time getting to play Mortal Kombat. You know, just seeing all the things that we just take for granted. Um, she just really didn't have a childhood, and just just getting to see her be a kid that was cool. Yeah, help yeah. us sympathize with her for sure. Uh, remind me, Jake, in the actual DLC, aren't the parallels here? Because in in the modern time, aren't you fighting through an abandoned mall? Yeah. Okay. That's, yep. I couldn't remember uh, if that was the case. So yeah, that makes well, more sense. Sort of abandoned. It's got the raiders that you have to sneak yeah. around and stuff. It's like because there's a lot of combat in that. Yeah, but it's ultimately you know her trying to find something to suit your Joel up with. Right. You know, keep him alive. I'm gonna go a little opposite I, as I keep doing. I feel like <laughs> I I wasn't a huge fan of this episode. I thought it was just fine, but you just don't bond with this Riley as much as the game. And again, that's just because the game things move at your pace and Mm. you can just stand around in each of these, uh, five wonders and like, just really keep talking and having conversation and discovering different masks you can put on. And, and then, and one difference that I'm surprised works so well in the game that obviously can't work in the show is there is no Mortal Kombat in the game. (laughs) <laughs> it's this other game. It's like a, a copy of it and it's not working. It's broken. It's like the only thing not on. And so Riley has Ellie close her eyes as she describes the game and you still have to put in the inputs while you're imagining it. And I think that's like the most beautiful moment of that DLC. Yeah. And uh, obviously that doesn't work. You <laughs> you can't do that <laughs> in the show. So I'm glad that they were able to actually play Mortal Kombat. But yeah, I just I didn't bond with Riley as much. Mm, mm. I see. I thought it worked. To me, there was no like better Riley, if that makes sense. Like they they both worked in their own different ways. Yeah, they did great. The acting is great. Yeah. From the infected too. That was such an intense (laughs) fight at the end. (laughs) Yes, that's our last time seeing infected. I feel like was this episode. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Like official last time, right? But the episode after this, let's, let's go into that one. All right. So, when we are in need, this was the most intense part of the game. And uh, it, was, it was hard to play through. I felt so uncomfortable the whole time, yeah, game-wise. And the show does it justice. This is a perfect adaptation where they don't really expand on much at all. Mm-hmm. But I think they do make, David, 
they do make him creepier in this, which oh I was gosh. surprised by. Yeah. Right away, I knew this guy was trouble. Just the way he's oh talking to the tense folk at that funeral. Yeah, I was like, oh, just big creep factors from this guy. He's for sure going to be trouble. Yep. Yeah. It was it was awful in the game. I mean, it was great, <laughs> but it was awful and, and scary. And it was really what made it worse was the fact that Ellie, who you have to use to play through the level, she doesn't have the skill set of Joel and she doesn't have the weapons of Joel. She's a lot more vulnerable, for sure. Mm-hmm. And you see that as well in, in this episode. She's just trying to survive. And you've got this, you know, everything stacked against her. This really makes you, you know, empathize with her. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> please, Ellie, get out of there. You gotta. Yeah. E- even though I knew everything that was going to happen, this was definitely like a white knuckle episode the whole time. Just, it, yeah. just nervous. For it sure. was suspenseful. You knew what was going to happen. They didn't, you didn't know how they were going to do it, though. Yeah. As I picked up on the fact that they were eating people pretty quickly because um, he was bringing back the deer, but then they suddenly already had meat ready and cooked. I was like, oh, no, that's, that can't be from that deer. Um, but someone just died, so that's <laughs> where that came from. Yep. Ugh. I also, yeah, just had a feeling it was going to get a little rapey, and it did. And then, oh, I was just so tense about Joel and just how helpless he seemed. And so then when they were doing that, that manhunt for him in those houses, I was just like, okay, I know they're not actually going to kill him, but man, I was so tense. They did a great job. Yeah, for sure. At the very end, when Joel and Ellie, like, they just, they kind of embrace, like, everything's going to be okay. I know it's going to be okay. And that thank you for telling me that everything's going to be okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> we needed that it. was like, yeah, exactly. Like, boom, dodged a bullet there, almost literally. Dodge a machete. <laughs> uh, Troy Baker didn't. Uh, that's true. He was he was killed the same way that his character was in the game. Sadly, yeah, that was. But as soon he as, was great. Yeah, I loved yeah. seeing him, especially getting. He was in the whole episode. Yeah, I'm like just t- so, saying to myself, "That's Joel." Oh my gosh, that's Joel. But it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this uh, this was where they they did expand a little bit on some dialogue, especially with David, where. Uh, that whole scene where he's like, he's talking about how they're both violent people deep down. Mm-hmm. Like that was all added. And mm-hmm. I thought it was very good. Cause really in the game, he, he just says like, you're special and we get that creepy moment. But I think the show sells it even better. They also added the line of like, when he tackles her, like, Oh, the binding's my favorite part. It's like, okay, we, we already understood what was happening. <laughs> he didn't need to add that line. Yeah, for sure. Great episode yeah it was i was yeah just so tense and invested and very satisfying to watch ellie kill david at the end um but then just seeing just the the emotional state she was in after that and just how quickly joel was able to get through to her like that was just such a touching moment between the two of them as well it absolutely was and it led into a very intense finale i think yeah the finale again it added some (laughs) It added dialogue. That's not the games. The whole story of him trying to kill himself, right? Mm -hmm. Again, this is where that subtlety went out the window, Mm -hmm. where we don't have to think about it too much, which did lead to a very nice line. It was like, wow, what's he saying about? It wasn't time that it wasn't time me or something. Yeah, my heart. Then it pans to Ellie, like, (sighs) yeah, no, that got me. Anytime there's a sweet moment, I when I was watching, I was just thinking like, oh, okay, I'm going to pay for this. Like anytime we see something <laughs> wholesome, it's just going to hurt. I'm going to pay for it. Definitely. 
yeah, this is this just more of what I was saying where I felt their love for each other throughout the show where really in the game, you don't really know how much he cares until he saves her when well, he doesn't save her from David, but finds her. Mm hmm. And then, you know, what he's about to do in this episode. Mm-hmm. But this episode does kick off with some new content of uh, old Ellie <laughs> being pregnant with new Ellie, which yes. was very well done. It was. That opening sequence, Ashley Johnson playing mm-hmm. Ellie's mother, hearing her like running and then her panting, like, wait, that's Ellie. It sounds like <laughs> Ellie from the game running and panting. <laughs> It's funny, yeah, her voice has not changed one bit. Nope. <laughs> it's still Ellie. <laughs> yeah, that that was the last time we saw Infected. Yeah, yes, true. You're right. <laughs> and that answered a, f- a theory that fans have had for a while of how is Ellie immune? And mm-hmm. I thought that was very interesting, where basically she's born, her mom is bit, and then she cuts the cord. So it's like she's got just an inoculation of it that she was got through her the umbilical cord Mm -hmm. it's like hmm would that actually work i don't know but it's a cool explanation in the show yeah it was yeah it it does yeah that's just a cool moment just seeing her her mom's spirit she's holding her up and you Mm -hmm. can see where ellie gets that that feist from yep yeah for sure so we know how this ends yeah we do They, they don't ask ellie for permission to kill her and Joel loses his mind, kills everyone, and creates Abby. <laughs> yes, who people are theorizing they saw in the episode. Yes, Did you but Neil Druckmann that? has said, nope, that's not her. Oh, okay. Well, it would have worked. <laughs> kind of like how we supposedly saw uh, Dina, uh, Ellie's future girlfriend, in I, the I do episode. think that was her. The one that's like staring at her from a, from a distance. Yeah, that was definitely her. Okay, yeah. Oh. But... The way that the show did this versus the way that the game did it. Oh, by the way, first of all, the giraffe sequence, amazing, oh, yeah. beautiful. Again, yeah. As it always Adorable is. Adorable moment that we later paid for, but so cute. Yeah, definitely. And by the time Joel gets there and does the whole, you know, slaughter thing, the TV show makes it seem like he has no difficulty. And it, it's, it adds to it in a positive way, I think. Like, he's just unhinged. Whereas in the game, it seems like it's a lot more of a challenge, because you have to hide and you have to do some serious dodging of everyone else trying to trying to get you. But in the in the show, he's just you know he slaughters through everyone, and they're playing the music from the game where he's running out of the hospital with Ellie, and it, it was intense, and it worked for me personally. But some people didn't like how easy it was for him to kill everyone. Yes, and and part of it is this episode is the shortest episode in the whole season, which is why. Yeah why but yeah he flies through that super powerful but the problem is it's supposed to be conflicting right Mm -hmm. you're supposed to be like i don't know if that's what you should do yeah but as a parent it's like okay i kind of get it but the game makes you do it even though as i played the game was like yeah i I get it like Mm -hmm. she's a necessary sacrifice and then it's like, oh, I have to kill these people. I have to take the cure away. And I can't do a thing about it. So, you know, in the game, you are Joel. But in the show, you're watching someone else be Joel. And that impact is lost. Mm. 
the fact that I had to be the one to kill all those people and to stab the doctor in the face, that's what made me walk away from this game just kind of like pale and <laughs> just like, what did I just witness, right? Mm. And, and the show, I think, does not hurt that same way. I mean, I definitely felt very sickened by what I was watching, especially sure. just it's a mass shooting and we're just in an age where fortunately we see those a lot and we're very scared of them. But no, it definitely it definitely got to me. Um, and you're trying to decide, you're like, well, I don't agree with that at all. Like, obviously, I'd want everyone to be cured, but then you have to put yourself in Joel's shoes. And you're, Ellie is Joel's entire world. To him, he was saving the world. Um, yeah. He didn't care about the rest of the people. And so, so, of course, by my morals, what he did was very wrong. But if you're just looking at it from, from Joel and how he sees things, um, he did the only thing that he could. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, definitely, he, he seemed very much in a trance. Like, he almost wasn't aware of what he was doing. Because, um, like, the music was so much louder than the violence. And I thought yeah. that was so interesting. Because um, he probably just was in so much shock, he probably wasn't even really hearing what he was doing. And I thought that was a cool way to show it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it hit, it hit differently. I enjoyed it. I thought it was artistically strong. Mm-hmm. And I think it worked for the story and their interpretation. Definitely shows how lovable Pedro Pascal is you can still like Joel <laughs> after so seeing him do that I mean you had to cast someone that charming because it's I was really wrestling with that while watching him do that I'm like I should not like him after this like I should be very concerned for Ellie but now mm-hmm. Ellie and Joel are back together so I'm happy go right back to Jackson and uh Joel lies to her everything's hunky-dory <laughs> oh, yeah that was hard to watch I'm lying to her mm-hmm. so overall this is one of the best video game adaptations ever made. Nothing has ever really come close. Uh, I'll say the Sonic movies aren't bad, but they also don't follow a story, right? Mm. Everything else, Tomb Raider, Resident Evil, is as cheesy as those movies are, I do love them. They're, they're garbage <laughs> adaptations of what the games were. Uh, <laughs> unless you're talking about 1993 Mario, then uh, no, we're not talking about that. <laughs> That's in another dimension entirely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> New movie is about to come out, and it looks awesome. So maybe we yeah. got another great adaptation coming. But they've already said that season two is going to follow the second game. It's going to be more than one season. But they've also said it's going to drastically differ hmm. from the game, which is very interesting, especially for how tightly they stuck to the first game. Like, why differ now? Hmm. But... I'm very, very curious as to what changes they're going to make and why. Because obviously, Mm. as we talked about this when it came out, part two is controversial and Mm -hmm. people are dumb. I'm sorry. If you don't like Last of Us Part Two, you don't get art. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) You can't see the vision, man. (laughs) So it's like, I just, I hope that changes they make are not to appease trolls, which I don't think is the case because Neil Druckmann doesn't give a shit about them. Well, mm-hmm. and the, there was a lot of LGBTQ throughout the show as well. So I think they, they made a point to emphasize that. Like, yeah. They could have skipped over Bill and Frank, but instead they were like, no, you're going to well, watch this beautiful love story. True, but and you're going to cry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> true, but the gay stuff is not what, well, I guess the trans stuff did yeah, in the sequel. I, yeah, because I know just the bare bones of... Um, of the game the second game um and mostly from listening to this podcast actually (laughs) um but i remember seeing so much on twitter just about yeah the transphobia from that so yeah that Mm. that was bad but it was also just controversial for how part two starts immediately yeah i don't know if i can watch that episode i'm not gonna (laughs) lie well 
I'm going to make you because I'm going to play oh. through that game in the living room so you so you can know all the differences when the show comes out. Oof. I already have enough of that from book movie adaptations. I don't need more anger in my life about adaptations. Oh, you'll love it. <laughs> it's going to be great. You know, just it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, I'll just we'll be sobbing. So, all right. Uh, I know we've been talking about differences throughout, but uh, what other things... Did you uh, really take notice of, Jake? Especially, actually, before you answer that, how many times have you played the game? Mm, too many times to count. I've lost t- I've lost track, if that says anything. Okay. Um, so what I loved about this show is how many Easter eggs there were and how many tributes and homages there were to the original game and yeah. where they added them. And it made you have to go back and watch some of the episodes to find them all. Like, all the little giraffe references. Th- there were p- giraffe plushies just scattered throughout the tv show and i thought that was really cool oh Um, that's cool yeah so just stuff like that the little easter eggs and just the fact that it is something that you got to witness as opposed to something that you control it was just a neat treat to be able to sit back and be like hey i've played this before i like to be able to watch it as opposed to control it now and just see it from a different perspective from a tv show perspective yeah so I will say the casting of the show is wonderful. Bella Ramsey nails it. I think she, I mean, give her an Oscar, give them both an Oscar for this show. But that being said, she just didn't sell that age. And they did a great job of, of dressing her down and and making her seem 14, Mm -hmm. but she's 19 or 20 now. Mm -hmm. And all of her lines that were supposed to come across really childish, like mm-hmm. um, just some of Ellie's attitude that she has in the game, I feel like didn't quite work for her just because I just like, you seem too old for the, what you're saying right now. Mm-hmm. You seem like you should be more wise. And I know that's that's unavoidable unless mm-hmm. they cast an actual 14-year-old. It's really, I didn't feel like that at all. I think maybe just because my only experience with her is... Game of Thrones and she was super young in that. Right. But now I know someone who's around high schoolers that act way younger than they should sometimes. I thought she nailed it. <laughs> well, she was probably the appropriate age in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Like that's how young Ellie should no, come I, across. I mean, this one's taught middle school for a while. I thought I thought she nailed it. But also with her age, I think that will make the transition very smooth into season two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where she's supposed to be like 19. And you look at the interviews with her and Pedro, like she doesn't seem 14 in those. I think it's just the way she's styled. Yeah. So. And a British accent always makes someone sound more sophisticated. True. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> that it does. There we go. Last of Us TV show. So interesting, really, that, that this got made. But a, an excellent choice for a game adaptation. And they nailed it. As well as it could have gone, it did. Yes, there's going there's going to be discussion, there's going to be disagreements, but hey, that's the case with anything. I'm just glad that the story of this game was able to be brought to a much wider audience. Because uh-huh. let's be honest, the story is beautiful. And it, is. it needs a bigger audience. So So, there we go. Uh did you watch it, dear listener, dear Regionaire? What did you think? How did it compare to the game? Was it your first time experiencing it? Let us know regionunlockedpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram where this week especially it will be full of pictures of us in Japan (laughs) so excited 
Awesome Possum. With that, my name's Cameron. And my name's Jake. And my name's Lindsay. And don't get bit by a mushroom. Minasan, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>